What if it's not too late? What if you truly can retire confidently? I'm Telton W. Hall, certified financial planner and best-selling author of The Secure Solution, creating a high-quality retirement in a low-interest rate world. My team and I have engaged in thousands of retirement planning sessions with middle and upper middle class Americans, people like you with their own unique fears and families and their own messes and their own successes. And they have done just that, retired confidently. If you're willing to go with me, I can tell you how. It's story time. Let's go. Hey, hello, my friends. Thanks for joining me on another podcast. This is Telton W. Hall, Certified Financial Planner and author of The Secure Solution, Creating a High-Quality Retirement in a Low-Interest Rate World. You have no idea how excited I am today. I'm doing my first interview, and I've chosen somebody. I looked the world over of who would I just love to spend some time talking to, And so I have on the podcast with me today, my 15-year-old, soon-to-be 16-year-old daughter, Anna Hall. I haven't done any interviews where I'm totally going to be doing some of these, particularly I'm fascinated by the world of thought work that, that, that as I look at successful financial situations, successful retirement situations, that the crucial ingredient and often overlooked ingredient is actually how people think about money, how people consciously decide their beliefs and their feelings and their actions around money. And so as I've been thinking about this more, there's just, there's a few people that I really, really like in the world of life coaching and thought work. And I'm going to have them, I'm going to have them on the podcast probably on an ongoing basis so that we're getting, as well as the financial piece, we're recognizing the mental and the cognitive piece to this. So along with other brilliant minds that I will be having as guests on the show, my daughter Anna is absolutely at the top of the list. Truly, I'm honored. (laughs) So I picked Anna up from school. We were going to go out, grab some lunch and go home. And I told her I need to go do my podcast. I have a couple ideas. And then it hit me like, Anna, come with me. Let's do this podcast together. I said, what's one of your first memories about money? And she started telling me a little about it. I said, okay, no, good enough. Come on, come into the, the studio here and we'll get you on story. So all right, Anna. So tell us, grow, growing up in the household of a, a very smart mom and a certified financial planner dad, <laughs> what uh, what comes to mind when you think about some of your first memories around money? So when he very first asked me this, the first thing that came to mind was I was riding in the car with my mom and we were learning about how when you first like get paid for something, you get money, it's going to go to three places. The first place is going to go to giving and we pay a 10% tithe on our money. And then the next place is you're going to put it into your savings envelope. And then the next place with your leftover money, it gets to go to your spending envelope. And I remember so clearly the importance that my mom put on how the putting money into your savings envelope was so much more important than your spending envelope. And I always hated that because after I went through my tithing and my savings, I was like, there's no money left to put in my spending envelope. And that started probably, what, when I was four, five? But looking back, it's I'm so glad that my mom put the emphasis on 
that saving's more important than spending. Because now I get that money. That's right. It's still your money. Yeah, that's Your right. future self gets to spend it. Uh-huh. And I often find that my future self is really, really grateful <laughs> for my past self because my future self has some way more fun ideas on how to spend that money. Exactly. <laughs> so then as you started to do the, like, how was it as you actually started to implement it? Was it hard on on payday? When, so our, our system is that we have things that you just have to do. And then there's things that you can do like on a, on a commission basis in the house and you keep track of, of all of those things. And then on payday, which is just whenever we get around to it, then you go through and you add that thing up and it translates into, well, tickets first. <laughs> um, so that Basically that, money. <laughs> but then the tickets, if you don't want to spend them on other things in the household, then you can convert them into into money. Into and for cash. those of you confused, I'm assuming commission base is just code name for chore chart. Yes. Chore chart, commission chart. That's true. We always <laughs> call it the commission chart and our kids will always like, it's just chores. <laughs> okay. So like, how was it when, yeah, when so you started I'd be to doing my payday? I would be sitting at the kitchen table and I would like add up. Oh, okay. This is all the money I have. And then I'd be putting it into my different envelopes, you know, and I just felt like so cool. Like those people in offices and stuff. That are like doing important things with money. And then and then when I was like figuring out my tithe, you know, like you move the decimal over. Right. I felt so smart. I was like, whoa, look at me calculating all this, putting my money into three different spots. It felt so cool. I love it. Which as soon as she said that, the reason that it jumped out at me is that the theme of this podcast is that when we we stop the fear and the shame and all the the anxiety around money and just start to hear stories of real life people who are implementing those things and taking action, then the shame melts away, the fear subsides, and we get a lot of clarity and a lot of confidence as we're willing to say, man, maybe a regular person like me can do this. Maybe it's not too late. Maybe I'm not too far behind. Let me just start to put a plan in place. And then this, this clarity that then translates to, to confidence is, it's real, it's palpable, it's wonderful. And as soon as she, she kind of told me the, the quick version of that story, that's what it reminded me of. Even for a, a four-year-old or a five-year-old, that there's this clarity that then translates to confidence once you decide, oh, maybe I can do this. Let me give it a whack. Let me give it a try. So I loved it. All right. So, um, we haven't talked about this one, but let's talk about, if that's your earliest memory of money, how about one of your more recent? So I was talking to my uncle and I was kind of telling him about our whole envelope system that started when we were super young and how you start with giving and at the very end you get to spending. And he thought that was, he thought it was good. He liked it. But yeah, it was like also, a proud dad moment for me. And then uncle steps in and is like, well, there's another way to think about this. <laughs> right. He told a story about one of his, I don't know, what would you say, friends? Yeah. Uh, named Jim. And Jim was known for being super giving, super like helpful to the community. He raised lots and lots of money and donated, like, what, some yeah. charity? Just every year is kind of has a huge fundraising project for. Yeah, where for he just different. raises a bunch, a bunch of money. So he's known throughout the whole community as like the super giving guy who helps out a whole bunch. And then you have way on the other side. My uncle's friend, Robert, who is not known for being a super giving guy. He's like, what, a billionaire? And 
he doesn't appear to give that much. He has his own yacht. He has all of his butlers that he employs on that yacht and everyone to like take care of it. And so my uncle, he did the math. He figured out how much Jim like gave in dollars to the community or whatever. And he then added up how much the people who are employed on the yacht get, the butler and all the people who, and the cooks and everyone who keeps this thing running. And the amount of money that the millionaire guy who wasn't known for being giving, it was like 10 times as much as the guy who was known for being giving was giving actually to the community. It was fascinating. It was so crazy to think about. Well, and it comes back to this concept of how we just believe our thoughts and that there's a lot of value in actually taking a moment to be like, okay, at a subconscious level, I am congratulating ourselves or proud of ourselves about the giving that we do, which we love and it's super important to us. We wouldn't change that. But then we almost have this negative connotation when we want to go spend something or we want to do something for ourselves or we want to have some fun. And so Anna and I, we were listening to this story, just looking at each other because this is, it's so helpful to pause for a second and saying, so what's the underlying belief here? And do I want to adjust that a little bit? Because in this case, our uncle was making the point that you don't need to feel bad when you do go out and spend or when you do want to do some of these things because it leaves this wake of people and families that they earn that income. They get to distribute that, then turn around and do things with with their kids. Or maybe they turn around and invest some of that, it grows, and so then they get to turn around and, and benefit folks all along the way as they develop their own business models, those kind of things. So I'm glad you brought that up. It was really, really good. And it ties back into the importance of thought work around part of what we're going to do as we go down the road with this podcast is have people that are life coaches and mental strength coaches, but have the benefit that comes from saying, okay, what is my belief here? And do I want to stick with that belief? Or is there something I could add to or adjust in my belief that would actually benefit the way I feel and the way I think. Yeah, because I felt that when when I realized that that actually spending things can have more of an importance than what seems so obvious from the outside of giving, I had a way better like connection with my money, you know? Or what would you say? Yeah, that's better good. than friendship, but <laughs> way better. <laughs> so in, in my words, relationship with my money. Yeah, I didn't have to feel so guilty every time I spent right. it, which led to like all the Ugly feelings. Yes. Super good. That's real. See why I tell you? She's brilliant. (laughs) The the relationship with your money, it's like, oh, I'm I'm such good friends with my giving money, but oh, I feel all this shame and guilt around my spending money. It's like, well, it's the same money. Let's have a good relationship with both of those. And And it all comes from our our thoughts and and our beliefs around it. What's really interesting is when I was like, ah, okay, maybe I can have a good relationship with my spending money. It wasn't like, oh, then I'm going to kick into overdrive and start spending a whole bunch of money. I actually started spending less. I don't know why there's like a weird connotation there, but when I had a good relationship with my spending money, I didn't feel the need to spend it. And when I did, I felt really good about what I spent. I didn't like regret it afterwards. Like, ugh, this shirt isn't even that cute or whatever. (laughs) I love it. That's really good. That's super, super good that you actually had more clarity 
around that piece of the relationship. So then you were able to make more astute decisions and you feel better when you make astute 100%. decisions. Oh, I love it. This is, this is the, the benefit. I'm sure all of you that are parents get these same kind of feelings. You have these conversations. You think, oh, I am so glad that they are so smart. <laughs> Speaking of Anna, if you haven't read my book yet, there's a little story in there about her <laughs> teaching me how to ski. <laughs> so Still my motto, Dad. That's right. <laughs> she, uh, this, that part actually didn't make the book. There was a month we're skiers. I oh. started out snowboarding, but she, uh, she had learned to ski before I had learned to ski. And so at one point, she was so proud of me. She's like, Dad, I mean, you didn't want to have both your feet latched onto this board and you're stuck in place trying to go down the mountain. <laughs> you want the freedom to have two skis. We were riding up the ski lift, so she was shaking her, her legs, uh, wiggling her skis back and forth. All right. I think that's our podcast. Did you have any last word you wanted to say? Or are you good to go, Anna? I'm excited to listen to your podcast too, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Anna. Hey, thanks for joining us, everybody. Sure appreciate you. And we'll look forward to next week. Hey folks, one last thing. If you have not checked out the Retire Confidently program recently, you really need to. We have drastically changed the cost associated with that program. So to go to teltonhall.com forward slash program and then click sign up and then put in the discount code podcast, podcast, all caps. You're going to be blown away at the price that you'll pay for what a program that could massively change your retirement outlook, your confidence towards your retirement, and make thousands, ten thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your retirement. Don't miss this. Take advantage of it right now. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. Click sign up. Use the discount code PODCAST in all caps. And for the price of, I mean, the less than a pair of basketball shoes, less than a really nice dinner out, you can get access to a program where we've seriously tried to give you every tip, every trick, every piece of education, every strategy that we can to turn any angst you have about retirement into confidence towards your retirement. Check it out. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. I am super excited for you. Your future retired self is ecstatic for you.